This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Midmill, Arkansas. And we just got back from our uh, amazing Women's Summit uh, that we just had last weekend, last Thursday through Sunday. 80 women from all around the country came in. Even a lady from Costa Rica was there. And um, it was a great time of casting vision and sharing DNA. And it happened to fall uh, where it ended on Palm Sunday. And so we asked Rocky, our founder, to, to give us uh, a communion message and help us uh, help us bring communion to everybody that was at the event, and it was really a special time on Sunday morning. And uh, Rocky's message really uh, hit us on the heart, and so we wanted to share his message as he gave communion as our podcast for today. And and uh, if you stick around at the end of the the message, uh, we want to share one of Rocky's favorite songs uh, for Easter. Uh, he loves Carrie Job, and her song "Forever" uh, was done a few years ago, and it really will uh, help you get ready for Easter and help you worship our King. So, I hope you enjoy uh, the communion message from the Women's Summit. Today's Palm Sunday. Next Sunday's Easter, Resurrection Day. Almost 2,000 years ago, probably about 1,900 and you have to do the math, 33 AD, 2022, almost 2,000 years ago, Palm Sunday. About two days before that, <clears throat> Jesus and his disciples made their way to Bethany to be with friends there. On Sunday, he went into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. People were laying palm branches down before him. Behold, here comes the king. The king is coming. The king is coming. They tried to say, well, hey, you got to shut those people up. You can't be saying that kind of thing. He said, I tell you what, if they don't shout, those rocks will. The rocks will cry out. Isn't it something that those people that were cheering him on only a few days later will be applauding his death? How fickle, how fickle crowds are. He went back home to Bethany where he was staying. The next day, Monday, he went to Jerusalem again. He cursed the fig tree on the way. Now people say, well, why did he do that? Well, it was symbolic of the Judaism religion, where it had gone. It had strayed. 
It had strayed from the DNA that God had given them. And when their Savior was walking among them, they could not recognize Him because their heart was not with Him. He cursed that. He cursed that and He says, no longer will you be interrupting between my people and me. Uh, he went in there and the next thing he did is he got a whip and he whipped those animals and turned over those money changers tables and it was a disturbance and he cried out in anger you will not do this my house is a house of prayer he turned around he went back Tuesday he went back to Jerusalem again. Along the way, the disciples saw the fig tree that he had cursed and it had withered. And they were amazed. And he began teaching them on prayer and on faith. And he said, I tell you this, if you have faith, grain of a mustard seed, you can say this mountain go from here to there and it'll be, it'll do it. But there's some asterisks to that, and that is it has to be within Him, not within ourselves, but with Him and to His glory and His purpose. And if we ever deviate away from His glory and His purpose and make it about ourselves, then we will not move mountains. That's the lesson there. He went back to Bethany. Wednesday was a quiet day. Not much reported on Wednesday other than he says, make preparation for Passover. Passover was interesting back then because it was celebrating the fact that the Jews were liberated from their slavery. And and the Passover goes back to that day that the, the angel of death passed over them because of the blood of the lamb that was on the doorpost. And the Passover was always celebrated from that period, but it was also recognizing that Jesus is the Lamb of God who fulfilled the Passover. The tradition was to have Passover. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Passover. Now, look, I want to tell you this. I want you to go to your scriptures. I want you to find it yourself because I'm going by memory and I might be a little loose here. Don't mean to. And if you come with me and say, well, it was a little bit different. Okay, I go there with that. But give me a break. But uh, Passover... Uh, was a meal that they would take and it had a roasted lamb shank on open fire and it had bitter herbs that went with it and they were all symbolic for something that the jews understood and it told a story it was about telling a story that goes all the way back to when they were liberated and, to, and crossed over the into the promised land having gone through the wilderness having been sifted 
of their lack of faith, having been replaced with a people of faith, and now entered into the, into the promised land. And as Christians, we often have a similar journey as we pass through, through our wildernesses, as we are sifted. But I'll tell you, when you're sifted, praise be to God, because He's preparing you for something great. So if any of you are being sifted right now, praise Him and thank Him. Because He's done that with all of His people. Especially those that He's going to do an amazing ministry through. The Passover was about a four-hour meal, believe it or not. And uh, you can imagine that because it was a four-hour meal, that there was a lot of conversation that went on during that time. Kind of a relaxed thing. And so if you will follow the sequence here that I'm, I'm understanding about this, and then when we finally got to Passover, that time on Thursday night before Jesus would be crucified, and we will be taking communion a little bit in a few minutes, and I'm trying to build up to a crescendo on that, okay? I'm trying to help you understand where we're going with this. So hang in there with me. But there were two suppers. There was the Passover supper, and then there was the Lord's supper. And there was a sequence that went like this. They gathered. They began to eat the Passover. And guess what happens oftentimes, even with disciples who had been with him for three years, at the Passover supper, began to argue among themselves who was the greatest. Be cautious of spiritual pride because it'll sink you. It'll hurt you. It'll hurt your ministry. It'll hurt people. But most of all, it hurts our King because He loves us so much, He doesn't want that in us. And so what did Jesus do about it? Because He had these men around Him that He loved, including the one that would betray Him. What was the lesson that He would give them to help them understand about who will be the greatest? He left the table and He went and washed their feet. What better lesson can He give to these disciples and to say, you want to be the greatest? Then you've got to get on your knees and stand under. You've got to wash dirty feet. And you've got to make it about the not me the definition of understanding is to get down and stand under and he was teaching them then what qualifies a disciple of his there's no division and we have to be very very careful to understand division is the work of the enemy and it was trying to make its way even that last night. He was trying to get to Jesus through his disciples. And we need to be very careful of that. After, after he had gotten through washing their feet, 
Then he went back to where he was partaking of the supper. And then he said, one of you will betray me. And this is where we get the, is it me, Lord? And Jesus told John, and John reported it. When John said, who is it? He says, it'll be the one that I dipped the morsel and handed to. And it was Judas. And then he said to Judas, now go and do what you're going to do quickly. You know, Jesus knew about what was going to be happening. He'd been knowing about it for all, the, all of his life. This was his hour. It was coming down to it. He was getting ready to have all of the sinful mess put in a cup, and he was going to drink it. All of it. For you and me. And it's that time he connected the dots with his disciples. Passover, servant leadership, demonstration of the Messiah, showing the shepherd's heart, showing the tender care. He connected the dots. Why Passover? When he said, now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And he said, do it in remembrance of him. So I want to ask you to all come forward and get one of these little snazzy things that has the bread and the, and the juice in it. And also, there's a little red rock. And this symbolizes the blood of Jesus. Would you take it, bring it back to where you're sitting, and then we're going to take this together. for God's family only. If one has not received Christ into his life, then they should not take of that. But if Christ is in your life, then it is privileged to remember that this bread represents his body. It also represents something else. It represents his body. us. So when we take this bread, 
we do it to remember him. But we also remember what he did with his disciples. He showed them his love. He gave his life for them. And one of the last thing he said was this, love one another. So when we take the bread and we take the wine, let's love one another. Let's be unified. One in the Spirit. And our objective is to bring Him love. To bring Him joy. By the way we love each other. This is His bread. His body. Take this bread in remembrance of Him. Broken for us. dripped down off that cross. It touched the ground. It touched maybe people who were near it. His blood is always represented like oh, newness for us. Life. Life giving. At His expense. And that's what grace is. God's rescue at Christ's expense. And so when we take this blood, let's remember that it is Him that we are taking into us, that we are celebrating that celebration of Him being the Passover for us so that we will pass over, so that we will pass beyond death, so that we will not be held bondage to death, so that we will be given eternal life. He bought and paid that price for us with his blood so when we take it let's remember that great cost and great love that he has for us father amazing you're beyond understanding your grace is inconceivable your goodness and kindness to us is totally undeserved and yet you choose to suffer for us die for us bleed for us and open a door for us to come to you let us take this time, this day that we call Palm Sunday, to prepare us for the rest of the week, to join you on your journey to the cross and meet you at the tomb on Sunday. And it's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Well, you're listening to the Influencers Network podcast. 
And that was Rocky's message he gave to the Women's Summit on the last day as uh, he helped uh, serve communion to us uh, at the summit. And it was a really powerful time. But we'd like to close out today's podcast with uh, with one of Rocky's favorite songs uh, by Carrie Job called Forever that she recorded a few years ago and uh, should really help you get your heart uh, ready for Easter. Enjoy. God bless you.
the greatness of my God and my lungs have not yet developed the ability to release a breath with enough agility to breathe out the greatness of his love and my voice you see my voice is so inhibited restrained by human limits that it's hard to even send the praise up you see if there are words for him then I don't have them my God his grace is remarkable mercies are innumerable strength is impenetrable he is honorable accountable favorable he's unsearchable yet knowable indefinable yet approachable indescribable yet personal he is beyond comprehension further than imagination constant through generations king of every nation but if there are words for him then I don't have them you see my words are few and to try and capture the one true God using my vocabulary would never do. But I use words as an expression, an expression of worship to a Savior, a Savior who is both worthy and deserving of my praise, so I use words. 
My heart extols the Lord, blesses his name forever. He has won my heart, captured my mind, and has bound them both together. He has defeated me in my rebellion, conquered me in my sin. He has welcomed me into his presence, completely invited me in. He has made himself the object of my sight, flooding me with mercies in the morning, drowning me with grace in the night. But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. But what I do have is good news. For my God knew that man-made words would never do. For words are just tools that we use to point to the truth. So he sent his son, Jesus Christ, as the word, living proof. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, giving nothingness formation. And by his word he sustains in the power of his name. For he is before all things, and over all things he reigns. Holy is his name. So praise him for his life. The way he persevered in strife, the humble son of God becoming the perfect sacrifice. Praise him for his death. That he willingly stood in our place, that he lovingly endured the grave, that he battled our enemy and on the third day rose in victory. He is everything that was promised. Praise him as a risen king. Lift your voice and sing. For one day he will return for us and we will finally be united with our Savior for eternity. Eternity. So it's not just words that I proclaim. For my words point to the word and the word has a name. Hope has a name. Joy has a name. Peace has a name. Love has a name. And that name is Jesus Christ. Praise his name forever.
chose to come to this earth to die for our sins so that we could live in freedom and grace and mercy and relationship with you, Jesus. There is no one like you, truly, in all the earth.